Hello, everybody, and welcome to Iceberg To Go, your daily dose of Pittsburgh Penguins news and analysis. You can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Last night was a tough loss for the Pittsburgh Penguins, 4-3 to at the hands of the Washington Capitals, a game in which, as I talked about last night on the Iceberg Recap, the Penguins didn't show up for the first 13 minutes, got themselves in a 3 to nothing hole that later became a 4 to nothing hole, and then almost climbed back by being the better team for the last 43, 44, 47 minutes of this game that just wasn't enough. And in that, there were plenty of blame to go around, but the person that took the brunt of it, and rightfully so, was Ryan Graves. He continues to write a story of a tragedy in his time in Pittsburgh. The latest chapter was that he was on the ice last night for three of the four first period goals for the Washington Capitals. Not only that, but he was almost directly responsible for two of them. I'm somebody that doesn't like to place blame for goals on singular players because at the end of the day, there are 12 human beings on that ice that all factor into every single goal for the most part. So I don't like to place blame on a singular person, but Ryan Graves yesterday on a couple of occasions Man, if it was anybody else out there, that probably wouldn't have been a goal for the Washington Capitals. First goal, Graves just can't get his stick on puck when it comes to Tom Wilson coming down the side. I would say that's probably a goal that Tristan Jari would want back. So that's not really on Ryan Graves, although he was the defender trying to stand up in front of Tom Wilson. The other two, though, one deflects off of Ryan Graves. It's essentially an own goal and into the net. And then the fourth goal of the game, the eventual game winner, was a shot from Alex Ovechkin that Ryan Graves put a perfect screen on Alex Nedeljkovic to allow that one to go through. So a rough night for 27 in black and gold. And at that point, Mike Sullivan had saw enough, at least last night, demoting Graves to the third period, or the third pairing, excuse me, in the second period, moving P.O. Joseph up in his place to play alongside Eric Carlson. Graves ended up seeing seven total shifts between the second and third periods, four of them in the second period and only three shifts in the final frame for the Pittsburgh Penguins. After the game, Graves was hard on himself, which, again, duly so. He had a rough night, probably one of his worst nights as a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins. And Mike Sullivan said that while he was struggling, they're going to try to continue to get something to work with Ryan Graves. He backed his struggling defenseman, and this is what he had to say, quote, We're going to rely on him moving forward. We're going to work with him to try to see what we can do to keep his game simple. I think that's when he's at his best, when he defends hard and he controls the net front. Those are two things that Ryan Graves hasn't done. I mean, that's that's what he said. But at the end of the day, those are two things that Ryan Graves hasn't done well really all season long. So if that's when he's at his best, he has been far from it. This season, you look at where Ryan Graves currently ranks among the eight Penguins defensemen to get into an NHL game this season. He is eighth in shot attempts percentage, worst on the team, fifth in expected goals percentage, seventh in scoring chances, fifth in high danger chances. For a guy that is being paid to be a stalwart in your top four, that's just inexcusable. He's fourth in ice time, which goes along with where he's playing in the lineup. 
and he's first in on-ice save percentage. And you might think, well, that's good. That means goaltenders are making saves when he's on the ice. That means he's allowing less high-danger chances. But when you pair that with the fact that he is seventh in scoring chances created versus allowed and fifth in high-danger chances created versus allowed, that first in on-ice save percentage really just makes it look like he's getting bailed out the most of the eight Penguins defensemen. He's also third in giveaways, which has been an issue for him all season long. That's actually a slight improvement there. I'll give him that. That is a slight improvement. He was first on the Penguins throughout the majority of the season, but Eric Carlson and Chris Letang have surpassed him in the giveaways category according to natural stat trick. So that's where he stands at this point. When it comes to moving forward, the Penguins don't have many options to fill his role. So a longer-term demotion is probably unlikely. Now, a short-term demotion, that could potentially happen. I could see that happening, but there's no way that Ryan Graves is going to wither away on the third pairing for the remainder of the season or be a healthy scratch for the majority of the remainder of the season or even be traded. All of those scenarios I would file under unlikely. I know a lot of people don't want to hear that, but that's probably unlikely to have any of those things happen. But a short-term demotion is possible. We saw last night P.O. Joseph stepped up and stepped into that position, playing alongside Eric Carlson and playing fairly well alongside Eric Carlson as well in that one. That was his first game action since December 16th, so you have to give him credit where credit is due. But at the same time, I don't know where the organization stands with this kid because coming into the season, Mike Sullivan was very high on him. The coaching staff was very high on him. Kyle Dubas was very high on him, all of them saying, Mike Sullivan especially, that he was light years ahead of where he was the season prior. And he had a pretty good year last year. For a rookie, he had a really good year last year. He came in this season, the expectations were high, and at the same time, he hasn't played, like I said, since December 16th because he couldn't beat out John Ludwig, a first-year player, and he couldn't beat out Chad Ruedel to even be dressed. So I don't know where they stand on P.O. Joseph. Does that sound like a player that they're willing to staple gun next to an all-world guy in Eric Carlson, that they're willing to have him play 23, 24, 25 minutes a night because that is what is asked of who is playing next to Eric Carlson? Is P.O. Joseph that guy? Certainly not for the long term, but maybe for the short term, maybe that's an answer. Then you look at the only other real option. I mean, you could say Ryan Shea. I haven't been impressed with Ryan Shea. I think there is a very reasonable expectation that he is just an AHL guy that can spot fill in the third pairing. That's my reasonable expectation for Ryan Shea, at least as a member of the Pittsburgh Penguins. So the only other true option, I guess, would be John Ludwig. He's a bit green. He is a bit green to be staple gunning to Eric Carlson and asking again, 24, 25, maybe even 26 minutes a night. You're throwing him into the deep end, essentially, at that point. And don't get me wrong. I love John Ludwig's physicality. It's great. It's endeared him to the fan base. It is something that the Pittsburgh Penguins have been lacking on the blue line since, I guess, Jack Johnson, but Johnson wasn't really even that much of a, of a tough-as-nails type of character. He, wasn't, he would throw the body, but he certainly wouldn't get into a lot of fights. Maybe since Ian Cole, we haven't seen a defenseman like John Ludwig. But the only difference is 
Ian Cole backed it up with his defensive numbers. I still see John Ludwig, the way that he's performed this season, and he's young, he could grow into something like that, but he's still slightly below average as, as far as his defensive game at the NHL level. So again, are you prepared to put him in next to Eric Carlson for 24, 25, 26 minutes a night? I just don't see it. And at the end of the day, people are upset with Eric Carlson as well. And rightfully so. He did pick up an assist last night on the power play. It's a good thing to see. But at the end of the day, I, I also think that he's being pulled back a little bit by playing next to Ryan Graves. It's hurting his numbers. It's hurting the team. And it's not going to fix itself. These two just don't mix. This should not be a pairing. They should separate and never can join again. At the end of the day, while yes, it could be a couple healthy scratches to get his mind right, it could be a demotion to the third pairing so he goes up with less ice time and he has less skill and talent on the opposition that he, he's matched up with. He has easier matchups. Maybe that's what gets him catapulting in the right direction, but even when he does, I just don't see him and Eric Carlson ever really fitting together. So the only option, outside of bringing somebody in from the outside, and we'll talk about a defenseman that the Pittsburgh Penguins are reportedly ha looking and have their eye on, the only other option would be to put him back with Chris Letang. And I know, it doesn't sound like a great option for the Pittsburgh Penguins. It sounds like more of the same for Ryan Graves. But at the end of the day, Eric Carlson needs Marcus Pedersen in this lineup. He needs him. Because you look at what Eric Carlson doesn't do. He doesn't change his game based on the person that's on the other side of the ice with him. He doesn't. He is unabashedly himself from start to finish. Chris Letang, what is the one thing we've said about Chris Letang all season long? He is evolved. He has changed his game. He is much more defensively responsible. He is doing much better in his own zone. And a lot of that is because it was necessary. Because he was playing with a struggling Ryan Graves for the first 20-plus games of this season. That forced Chris Letang into changing the way he's played, and now everybody's looking at Chris Letang and saying this is one of the best seasons of his career, offensively, defensively, special teams, doing great on the penalty kill. That might have been something coming into the season that he was looking to do, but it's certainly something he had to ramp up once Ryan Graves started to falter from really the first game of the season on. So... Well, yes, I do think that Ryan Graves needs to take a step back in some way, shape, or form, and Mike Sullivan needs to figure out the best way to get his confidence back, get him playing the way that he's asking him to play, says he wants him to be physical, he wants him to control the net front, he wants to defend hard. We haven't seen that from Ryan Graves, so if he wants to sit him down or sit him back to get him to that, that's great, but when he bounces back up into the top four, and it will happen... It shouldn't be next to Eric Carlson. Marcus Pedersen is that defensive stalwart, that defensive force, that pillar in the defensive zone that allows Eric Carlson to be Eric Carlson. Ryan Graves doesn't allow Eric Carlson to be Eric Carlson. He's still going to try to be it, and you saw it last night a couple of times where Carlson made a pinch, got beat, but Ryan Graves isn't the type of guy that's going to be able to make up for those mistakes. At least not right now. So I think Graves is pulling Carlson back which is hurting the team in its entirety. And I think the only way to fix it, as of right now, 
is to sit him back for a little bit, let him catch his footing, and then once he gets a little bit better, you have to probably put him on that top pairing with Chris Letang. It's a scary thought, but at the end of the day, Joseph, Ludwig, these aren't guys that you're given 25 minutes a night to on a night-in, night-out basis. Not to mention John Ludwig is actually dealing with some bumps and bruises associated with play right now. That's why he missed yesterday's game. He wasn't a healthy scratch. So with that, the Penguins have a lot to think about, and apparently their general manager is thinking about adding another defenseman or at least looking at another defenseman. According to the fourth period, the Pittsburgh Penguins are among three teams that have inquired and are interested in defenseman Ilya Labushkin of the Anaheim Ducks. The 29-year-old defenseman is on the final year of his current contract at $2.75 million, and he has previous experience playing for a Kyle Dubas team as he was a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs in the 2021-22 season. When I look at Labushkin, he's a right side guy. He's a third-pairing guy. This isn't an answer for Ryan Graves. Maybe they're not even looking for an answer for Ryan Graves. Maybe they're just looking and hoping that eventually something clicks. It doesn't seem like they're looking for a replacement on the trade market. There might not even be a replacement on the trade market right now. I mentioned it yesterday on Tip of the Iceberg. The parity in this league has a lot of teams still believing in their season. That's going to slow the trade market down considerably. So maybe there isn't anybody out there. Maybe there's nobody out there that the Penguins can afford. But right now they're interested in Ilya Labushkin. Likely a third pairing upgrade, but it is an expensive one. $2.75 million. That's around what you were paying Jan Ruda to be your third pairing right side guy. The only difference is Labushkin is on the final year of his contract and you likely get Anaheim, a team that has slowly started to, to wither away into the bottom of the Western Conference. You'll likely get them to retain some salary in that deal. Part of this is scary to me because Labushkin's underlying numbers are less than spectacular. Part of that is also he plays for Anaheim, but he's also sixth on that team out of eight defensemen in shot attempts, and he's sixth on that team out of eight defensemen in expected goals. Again, underlying numbers less than spectacular. What he does bring is a big body. He's six foot two, 200 pounds, which would make him the second largest defenseman on the Pittsburgh Penguins immediately following Ryan Graves, who, as we talked about, has not played like the biggest defenseman on the Pittsburgh Penguins. And Labushkin likes to play that game. He has a little bit of sandpaper. He likes to play physically. He'd probably be an upgrade when it comes to clearing out the net front. Maybe a third pairing of Labushkin and Ludwig is what the Penguins need. But at the same time, it's not something that is going to change anything with Ryan Graves and the Ryan Graves situation. So monitoring that, making sure we keep an eye on the Penguins and the Ducks and any scouts that go to each other's games, and maybe monitoring any other rumors that come out. This one, like I mentioned, according to the fourth period, Penguins interested in defenseman Ilya Labushkin. So a lot to discuss, a lot to digest after last night's 4-3 to loss for the Pittsburgh Penguins. But again, the main story remains... Ryan Graves is really, really struggling, and it's becoming the biggest story surrounding this team, especially in a game where his contributions in a negative way pretty much led to a loss against a division opponent in a very pivotal game. I mean, all these divisional games are, are pivotal, but especially these ones against teams that are right next to you in the standings. You got to win those games, and you can't come out flat. The entire team did. 
but Ryan Graves was certainly the biggest culprit, and he was the only one that was really sat down and and thrown in the doghouse for his performance on Tuesday evening. Going to be an interesting month here as we lead up to the All-Star break. Uh, We'll have to keep an eye on what the Penguins do with Ryan Graves. We'll have to keep an eye on if they're still interested in Ilya Labushkin and if that interest grows and if they can come to a contract agreement in there. Where does P.O. Joseph go? He's played four games in the past month and a half. Does he continue to stay in the lineup? Is John Ludwig going to get back healthy? And when he does, what does the bottom pairing look like? A lot of questions surrounding the Pittsburgh Penguins defense and questions that Quite honestly, they need to be fixed sooner rather than later. you got a lot of very talented teams coming up on the schedule, and the Penguins cannot afford to lose more games than they win in the month of January. That's an obvious statement, but I guess that's how we close out this episode with an obvious statement. That's going to do it for this episode of Iceberg to Go. You can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcasts from.